Hi everyone and welcome to the Dance Teacher Pep Talk. I am your host Amanda and I am so glad you are here. This is a space for dance teachers and anyone interested in teaching dance who is looking for motivation and fresh ideas. As teachers, we spend our days motivating and giving pep talks to our students. And now this podcast is a pep talk just for you. We hope that it helps to ignite new ideas and even work through some deep dance related thoughts before you head into the studio. Thank you for your support. And now let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Dance Teacher Pep Talk. Today's episode is all about cleaning our dance pieces. And the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because I feel this is a time of year where many of us might be bringing our pieces out to competitions, or maybe we are in the beginning stages of our recital pieces. And I just thought it would be a good episode with maybe some helpful tips or maybe new ideas at looking at the cleaning process. I definitely feel that over the years I've had different feelings around the cleaning process and I think it's one of those things that you know you either really enjoy the process and you're okay with it or you don't enjoy it as much and it's really interesting to me because sometimes I feel my year sort of in a similar fashion where in the beginning when I'm beginning my pieces, I'm so excited about it. It's like that initial start and just that flow of creativity. And then in the middle, sometimes there can be like a lag at times, but I don't know, not necessarily the flow. I mean, depending on the piece. And then towards the end of the piece, I'm just feeling like I need to get it done. And I need to get it done to meet a deadline or to have it be prepared by such and such a date so we can begin cleaning. And then once we begin cleaning, I just want to get through and get through the cleaning. And so through the years, I've definitely had to find different ways to strategize and bring my view into it differently so that I can enjoy the process and help my dancers to enjoy the process as well. Because I think when we're looking at our work, we can become very critical and you know we want the best for our dancers we want the best for the stage setting and so cleaning I've definitely picked up a few tips and ideas along the way that have worked for me when I am recording this episode the UDA national event just happened and I think we can all agree those of us that have seen any of the pieces from UDA it is just such a clean, crisp, and precise art that is really being shown. And I know that the dancing that we see in dance teams can be different from maybe our studio setting and from our competition stages, but I think we really have to do give it up for the fact that these pieces are just so polished. So anyways, starting off, I just wanted to give a little nod to that because it is definitely probably a whole different ball game trying to clean those pieces and keep them as crisp as they are or to get them to that stage. But I think along with that, it also comes with that level of commitment and drive and deep passion 
that we want to succeed. We are a team. We are in this together. And we are all matching each other's energy on the same wavelength and bringing out the best in each other. And I think that's something that we can also bring into the feeling of cleaning our pieces, whether, like I said, they're for the competition stage or for the recital stage. So to begin with some cleaning tips for you all today, I think there is a big difference between cleaning solos and cleaning duets, groups, and lines. And so right off the bat, I mean, with a soloist, there's some questions that we need to ask when cleaning these pieces. And it also depends on the style of dance that is given. Certain styles may allow for more freedom to interpret or more individualization that the dancer can bring. And so that is something to acknowledge in the cleaning process. You know, as solos, I've been actually having this conversation a lot with my dancers lately, especially when it comes to contemporary work. But when we are doing our solos, we want the pieces to be cleaned to a polished degree so that they're ready for performance, but we don't want them to be so clean that it takes the life and the passion and the character behind it. And so what I'm talking about here is that sometimes when we clean, I feel that it almost brings a extra sense of perfectionism and let's get it right, let's get every movement correct. And I even remember personally myself when doing solo work, I remember, you know, from starting the piece to ending the piece, and this also went for group work for myself as well, but from beginning the piece to ending the piece, if I didn't, you know, make a mistake, then that was a great run. Or, you know, I kept feeling like in myself, like, okay, I got from beginning to end and I didn't think of anything that I could do. And, you know, that was also a very young mindset for sure, because of course there's always things that we can work on. But, you know, I would also know when those runs happened where I would make a mistake and then I would get so hung up on it. And so I can see that also in our teen dancers where, you know, or teens and our older dancers, I should say, is performing our solo work, maybe we go through it and we do have a mistake. And sometimes that mistake can really get into our heads. So say we wobbled on the turn or say we didn't feel completely grounded in that first opening lunge and we felt our ankle do a little shift. Right away, it's how can we move from that moment, that moment of mistake, to continue through stronger and not feel like the performance is over, you know, and oh, it was over before we started. Instead, how can we power through? How can we bring our strength up as the performance continues, whether it's on stage or in the rehearsal space? And so I do feel that cleaning solos is a lot different than duos, groups, etc. And so with your solos, like I said, one of the questions to ask is, are we giving them room to interpret? And if we are, making sure that we're cleaning but not over cleaning so that we keep the life of the soloist within the piece and also their connection to it, their storyline of it. I feel that when we allow for this with our soloist, it gives them room to feel like the human first and the dancer second. And what is so beautiful about that is whatever story that they're bringing, they're bringing it from their heart space first. And their talent, their technique, everything they they train on day in and day out can really be shown and trusted in their movement. 
And when we do hit those roadblocks, when we do hit those wobbles, when we do hit those little shaky moments, it's that comfort of being able to recover and not the feeling of, oh my gosh, my piece is no longer clean, it's no longer polished, and that feeling of defeat in that moment. And so I feel that by giving them some space as a soloist, it helps to take a little bit of maybe that perfectionist tendency out, but also just for them to connect, like I said, on more of a heart level and to remember they're a human first and to just always have that integrity within the work that they're doing. All right, now let's talk about duets and groups. I think it becomes a little bit more difficult because when we're cleaning duets, groups, etc., one of the big things is, is there a clear timing pattern that we can pick up and follow? Because, you know, all choreography is different. We have choreography that may follow sounds, may follow words, sometimes counts, but having dancers have something that they they can unify on I feel is very important when working with duets groups and lines or just a clear indicator of some form of timing that we can connect with and so it can be a little bit more challenging again because here comes that same element when we are cleaning and we're processing through our piece section by section making sure that we're all doing things in the right timing in the right angles with the right focus with the correct technical notes the correct performance notes all of that we want to make sure that like i said before we're not taking the life and the story out of the piece i remember a critique that my one of my pieces had received in the in recent years and the critique was okay this piece is looking really polished I can tell that your dancers are spending time within the studio rehearsing and cleaning this piece but we want to see more of the human within the piece more of the life in the piece and so that is something that we need to make sure that we're also thinking of because it was a big awakening for me that yeah I was focusing on keeping everything precise. I was trying to keep everything looking a certain way, acting a certain way, but did I lose the integrity of the storyline? And, you know, maybe to a degree I did a little bit, but also how can we find that balance? I think finding that balance is really, you know, really important. So now when it comes to cleaning a piece, I have done it different ways before. Sometimes I tackle difficult sections first because I feel that the more time that we have to work with them with the cleaning notes, the stronger it will be day in and day out. And sometimes I tend to clean beginning to end because I like to keep the sequence intact. And I think it, it totally depends on the dance. It depends on the dancer or dancers. And just as we're going through it to make sure to think about how much material are we cleaning in a given session because we want to be able to give them the information for cleaning but we don't want to give them so much information that we are not even retaining all of the notes that are given so for solos i tend to take depending on the length of the session that i have with them i tend to take the solos in either quarters or thirds depending like i said on the length of rehearsal and where we are at in our scheduled timeline wise before a competition. But each of those sessions, I focus on a quarter or a third of their piece and we really go into all of it. We storyboard, we talk about 
what the emotion is or what's going on. We discuss what the character or the performance is requiring of them at that time. I even ask them, you know, how do you feel with this part? What is it that you're needing more time or work with? You know, of course, I also look at all the technical elements. I look at focus, angles. Sometimes I edit things if for some reason they're not working out or if the solo is not feeling comfortable with specific movement. So for solos, that's sort of how I approach the schedule outlook of cleaning them. For groups, I tend to, depending, like I said, on our timeline ahead of competition or recital, I try to take 20-second chunks in the music. And this is for a piece that is three minutes long, you know, average or under. So taking 20-second chunks in the music, unless if it's really intricate or drawn out, depending on, you know, what it is, looking at details of angles, focus, intention, levels, clarity, energy, storyboarding the emotion, we really try to, you know, dive into all of that. And with both my solos and my groups, I always take video at the end of the sections that we've cleaned, including additional notes that I will give vocally as they're dancing, And I send that off to them so that they can also process it by watching and hearing additional notes that I give. So that is the technical side of how I actually clean, like how much time I'm taking and all of that. So here's some other ideas and tips and also special notes. And one of the notes I want to give is just to be aware of a couple of things when drilling. So drilling can be a tool that helps us, you know, repeat a section or a specific step over and over And a lot of the times drilling can be used in group sections where we're all trying to get looking a certain way, doing something at the same timing, that type of thing. But with drilling, it's really important to look out for fatigue and stress in the dancer and also the mental component behind it because there might be, especially with drilling over and over, if things are not getting better past that point, there may be a point, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, where we sort of shut down and we can't really continue past that so what type of a mental block are we getting in that space you know is it that pirouette that is supposed to be a triple but we're not getting past the double because there's something about it that our body just starts to not be able to complete the third and things like that and even it comes down to you know how some days we may have turning days where we feel really good and we may have turning days where we feel not so good and so to just be aware when drilling because in a state of fatigue or stress injury could happen you know from personal experience I did receive an injury during a drilling experience and I think that it's just important to be aware of all the different variables when it comes into that and thinking about how many times are we drilling before we move on and then maybe review that section or revisit that section at another rehearsal. So now we talked about the difference between solo cleaning and duet group cleaning. We've talked about how I break down my solo and group cleaning sessions. And also we've talked about drilling in general. So another point that I want to continue speaking on a little bit more of is understanding the style of dance, what it calls for when cleaning and keeping the humanity 
and keeping the truth and authenticity in it. And so basically, I feel that each style of dance may require a different sort of approach to cleaning. So if you have a contemporary piece that is very organic, I think the cleaning is going to be very different than a jazz piece that has a lot of precision and dynamics, okay? Same thing even down to the style itself. Maybe you have a modern number that's very cutting edge and intense. And then you also have another modern number that is rolling and flowing and working with release. So what attributes of the style are you seeing? And how are we going to approach that cleaning? Because we don't want to overclean the piece so much that it loses its organic quality. And we also want to make sure that we clean it enough so that that jazz piece has that precision and that pop that we're looking for. And so even within the jazz piece too, if there are sections that are supposed to be smoother or more stylized or individualized, how can we maintain the integrity of that and not lose that by overcleaning something? And one of the things that's very important I feel in this process is how can we keep the individual bringing their style through within group work pieces. And this is something I've been really talking about with my dancers too, because just as I was speaking with my soloists, we don't want to lose the humanity of what we're doing. We want to maintain that, like I had said, maintain the integrity. And so in a group piece, that's really hard because we're trying to unify. But how can we each bring our individual sense into that piece? Because yes, we're a group, but we're made up of seven different dancers or five different dancers or whatnot. So how can we bring our individuality to it? And something that is very helpful for me in this is an exercise I do that is called improv analysis. And if you haven't listened to episode nine yet, I highly recommend it. But it's a great tool because it gets our dancers watching each other, observing each other, and understanding what each dancer brings to their unique style. So I definitely recommend you listening to episode nine for that because I think it's a great tool Even though it has nothing to do with the cleaning of your piece, it has everything to do with the style of your dancers. And another part of this too is that I love doing is having the dancers watch each other and critique their own pieces. And I always make sure to talk about constructive critiques and to watch the tone and delivery. So we do talk about that. But when you are doing a group piece, I think splitting your dancers up into two groups or, you know, however many you need, depending on the size of your piece, but having them watch each other and have them give feedback because they are all doing the dance together. And very rarely do they get to see it on each other. You know, maybe if you're sending them videos, sure, but it's so different than being watching live as an audience member type of thing. So when they get the opportunity to watch each other, it's not only to just give feedback to others, but it also helps them to see who is doing what in the piece, what energy are they bringing, and how we can match that. Because that's another thing that I speak on a lot is that when we're cleaning, we need to clean it at the energy level that we would be performing it at. The reason being, if we clean our piece in the studio as is, And then we go on stage and we get that burst of adrenaline when we're full out living our lives and dancing it up. It is not going to be the clean version that we did in the studio because we didn't factor in that variable of the intense energy of the group. And so 
if we are cleaning it at the level that we are going to be performing it at, even just a slight degree of that, there's a chance we're all going to meet on that same wavelength on the stage and in a cohesive manner that makes sense. And one way that we can do that in the studio setting is if you have your rehearsals alongside other rehearsals in the studio space or maybe classes running, I recommend once things are being cleaned and all of that, that you perform the piece for other classes or other groups. Because when they have an audience for themselves, that is when they really do tend to step up and you know put their best foot forward in it. So that is a great tool. And like I said, too, splitting up the piece in groups to watch each other. Um, But when you're doing that, you're not getting like the whole piece. Like if you have lifts in your dance, you probably wouldn't be able to do those lifts during that run. So another tool, as I mentioned, would be showing it to other classes or other groups. Another cleaning tool that's very helpful for me is if there is a colleague that you have that knows your work, knows your style, I think it's wonderful if you can show your pieces to that colleague so that they can give their feedback as well. And the reason why I'm saying this is because sometimes people will have another eye for things than you do. You might not be seeing certain things happening because it's not maybe where your attention is at, but maybe your friend or colleague seeing it is going to see it in a different take or a different way and will be able to provide additional feedback that maybe you are not seeing at that particular time. I think it can be really helpful when the colleague that you're showing it to knows your style and your work because sometimes it's also difficult, I have found, when we are cleaning other choreographers' pieces and we're unfamiliar with their work or style. So I think to have that comfort level is really important. And if you are having guest choreographers place work on your dancers, I think it's important for whoever is cleaning the piece to either be at those rehearsals or to receive video footage. Because when it does come time to clean, if it's not a style they're familiar with, and when I'm talking style here, I mean the artistry of the choreographer. I'm not saying like jazz and they're not familiar with jazz. I'm talking about the specific style of the choreographer. Then they're able to have a better idea of what the choreographer's intention was, the clarity and delivery of the work, how it was given, and they will also have a better eye for the cleaning when it is time. Versus if someone comes in, sets a piece on your dancers, and then you go in to clean the piece and you've never seen it before, we're not sure what it's about, we're not sure what the direction is, that can be really difficult. So unless you're having a collaborative means with the guest choreographer and getting feedback from them or video notes and things like that, I think it's a good way to make sure that we're aware of how we should go about the cleaning process for a guest choreography piece. So if it is your choreography and you're having a colleague watch it, that's another way to get an eye. And, you know, sometimes too, having guest Teachers come in and maybe doing a special like preview show for your competition team or whatnot, especially I guess we're talking more about competition here, but because you wouldn't necessarily do this for recital, but having guest teachers come in and give feedback or like a mini show day where they kind of give their input about the pieces before they hit the stage. That's also can be a really fun and beneficial, exciting way to prepare for the season. 
But yeah, recital-wise, I don't think you would necessarily do that. But for recital, I love the exercise of having the dancers split up into groups and watch each other. I think it's wonderful because it also really pulls together a sense of teamwork within the class experience and working together to get ready to show their families and friends the amazing work that they've been doing all year. And we also have to note too that age is definitely a factor in cleaning because the way that you clean your minis may be different than how you clean your seniors. And the reason being could come down to the amount of information you give on a given day. Maybe you are taking steps in a piece and reviewing them. Like for example, in my minis, some of the steps are newer to them and we are working on them. So in my rehearsals with them, we do across the floor. We work on our progressions, even outside of the choreography, because I want to make sure when we do get to that part, that they have been practicing the skill as well. So the way that I approach my minis with cleaning is so different than my seniors. And sometimes too with, you know, with the seniors, if there is a travel pattern that is really, you know, we're, we're trying to clean it, I take it out of context, out of the piece, we take it across the floor because usually we do this in a circle, but let's see how it progresses all the way straight across so we can kind of like break it down within its form before turning it around the corner into a circle or whatnot, depending on what travel pattern it is that you have. So cleaning can be a big task looking at it ahead, but I feel that it can be a really fun one because it can get you deeper involved with your pieces than you were to start because you're now immersed within the process. You are editing it. You are fixing it. You are tweaking it so that it is the final product that you're going to see on stage. And so, you know, I kind of think of it in this analogy way is if you were to take an essay that you wrote for a school and turn it into your teacher, you're not going to just turn that essay in without reading it through, without editing it, without looking it over for errors. You're going to do the editing, and that is what the cleaning process is. We're not going to take our piece and take it to the stage without this time, without this process. And it can be a really fun process or a really growing process by looking at it as a learning tool, you know, with your soloist, giving them that time and space to grow. That I feel really happens within the cleaning stages. And for our groups, it gets them building that teamwork even before they hit the stage. So if cleaning is something that scares you or like worries you, maybe some of these tips will help. And if you are somebody that enjoys cleaning, I hope these tips help to bring you even more joy in your process because like I said in the beginning of this episode, I have felt differently about cleaning over the years and I have really grown to enjoy this process. I have really grown to love to see the change in the piece. And you know, in the very beginning, I remember too, I tried you know, with the beginning of a piece, I should say, I always try to like make sure that I'm thinking ahead to the cleaning. Like if I can keep it as clean as I can now, when we get to cleaning, it'll be even easier. But I didn't like putting that pressure on myself either because I like the option to go back and edit things through or to change things up a little bit. Um, you know, not too much, but to a, to a certain degree. And so knowing that the cleaning process can be a growing process, I think is a really special way to look at it as well. So if it is something that is daunting to you, there is so much learning and excitement that can happen through this process. 
I hope that you've enjoyed today's tips about cleaning dances and maybe have a fresh take or ideas about how we approach this process. And if you're looking for more tips and resources, I highly recommend following at Dance Teacher Pep Talk on Instagram because I share Wednesday classroom tips each week. Sometimes I share special resources on Fridays and I've also started including some free digital guides that you can use to help you in your classroom. So you definitely want to make sure you're following us there and of course following us on whatever podcast platform you listen to so that you don't miss out on any notifications of episodes. We have so many wonderful episodes coming out in the month of February. I'm so very excited for that. I've been having some beautiful conversations with guest interviews and I'm really excited to share those with all of you. So thank you so much for your support of Dance Teacher Pep Talk and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Happy cleaning everybody! 